0: Welcome to the Brand Up Podcast, where we delight in exploring what brains do with words and how creating a unique brand voice will make your business the one to remember and buy from. I've lost count of the founders I've spoken to who are awesome at what they do, but struggle to communicate about it. Once you harness your amazing brain and turn its genius to your brand voice, magic will happen. I'm your host, Andy Ferguson. Today, as ever, I invite you to listen in and try something new, because who knows what might be possible if you really couldn't get it wrong. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Brand Up podcast. My guest today is an old friend and sister communications professional, Abby Hawker, founder of Transmission PR, ally and advocate for inclusion of transgender and non-binary people in all facets of business. Abby is an extraordinary communicator, a professional through and through, and someone whose clear view of how brands, tiny and mighty, can do better at being more inclusive with their communication. I started this conversation with Abby asking her about her superpower.
1: So I am PR through and through so I'm I've been in public relations for more than 20 years obviously you can't tell that but yeah it's a really long time. You really can't
0: if you're not watching this and you're just listening you really can
1: I love everything about PR and comms the good side of it obviously there's lots of um, negative associations I think often with PR but I come at it very much from the ethics side of it and PR as almost the moral compass of an organization and so for me it's about making other people shine. It's about helping them. I don't tend to like to be in the spotlight, which you wouldn't believe because I actually do amateur dramatics. And obviously, kind of the work that I do means that I'm often sort of on stage speaking and, and doing wonderful things like this. But I prefer to make other people shine. So that's why I say that my superpowers to make other people look good. I like to help other people to find the language that they need in order to articulate what they are trying to say in in, it, in the right way so that their audiences can hear it and receive it as it needs to be
0: received. Hallelujah and amen to all of that because that is also a huge part of the work that I do, and it's why I wanted to have you on the Brand Up podcast because since so many of our listeners are people who have tiny little businesses in the sense of they don't have a vast team in their own building, but the small business of one plus maybe a team of freelancers or maybe a few people who are in the team, and potentially also there are people listening who work for, for bigger brands, but that piece of communication, that piece of voice, the brand voice, which is everything that I'm about, is so critical and is often neglected and I'm I love that there are people like you doing this work especially in the area that you are now working in. You and I have no I go back 20 years, more than 20 years to our global agency PR agency days in London. In the early '90s, at that time you were we were working together on healthcare clients. You were also doing some consumer health stuff, and you've gone on to continue doing that. And I would love to know how the consumer health landscape has evolved and how you see people consuming and retaining information about brands in that space. So it's slightly, I can't answer
1: that question directly because I actually specialize in a very niche specific area. My passion's always been consumer healthcare and well, consumer PR in general, but in my kind of latter years, I find that I tend to like writing about things that other people tend not to love writing about that led me down a healthcare path a very specific healthcare path helping pharmacies and doctors to talk about you know healthcare related issues One of my clients was a doctor specialising, in, or she was a a GP, and she'd found that a lot of the patients that came to her were transgender people who were struggling to get access to healthcare. So it started to kind of combine my passion for healthcare PR with this little kind of niche group of people who needed a bit of extra help. So I now run a PR agency which specialises... Not only in healthcare, we still work in healthcare, but in helping companies who want to communicate with this particular audience, helping them to find the language that they need and to help them to navigate crises and issues and, and also just to kind of get the language right so they can join the conversation in a really proactive way in relation to transgender and non-binary people. So it's kind of m- morphed from just healthcare into kind of a much broader PR
0: approach to a specific super niche group. (laughs) I was going to come on to that. So I'm glad that you took us there. So you are now heading up Transmission PR, which is the PR agency that you founded specifically to, as you've just said, help not only raise awareness and have conversations be more explicitly and intentionally inclusive of transgender and non-binary people. So communications include everyone instead of cisgendered people. In doing that, you also have now, as you've mentioned earlier, found this this advocacy piece of finding yourself on stages and talking to audiences about the importance of being inclusive with language, because words aren't just words, are they?
1: They're not. And and everybody knows that. And yet they kind of, I think, all too often lose sight of just how powerful they are. And I've, I've kind of worked with and with clients where we've been able to move that on. And it's really quite remarkable the difference that it makes when you do get that language right and you do kind of have that greater understanding. I mean, when it comes to this particular topic area, because it's relatively novel, I mean, it's not new, trans people have always been around, but the notion of it being in the mainstream is quite novel and and people still don't really know how to navigate it. And as a result, they're making an absolute mess left, right and centre. And the only people that suffer really are trans people and non-binary people. And so it's kind of like there is a ultimate group of people who are being negatively impacted by the fact that this language is wrong and that the approach right now has not been properly thought through. So let's try and do something to change that because actually it's relatively straightforward. It's just about kind of doing that educational piece. It's about understanding that, you know, if you're a business over a certain size, with the trans population being around about one percent then chances are you have people within your either people who work with you or people that are part of your supply chain or somewhere in the mix customers who are either trans or non-binary or they have uh, you know a, a family member who is or a friend who is and increasingly they're part of the conversation and so if you as an organization recognize that if you can bring that diversity into your photo shoots that you're doing as part of your you know advertising campaigns or marketing campaigns and there's just that visibility if the policies that you put in place for the organization recognize that actually some people might not align with the you know male or female male gender marker then you adapt your language accordingly and it just makes for a far more open and real environment
0: in which to come in if you are gender
1: non-conforming.
0: Talk to us a little bit about what some of the simple things are that any brand of any size can do to have language that is more inclusive of transgender and non-binary people.
1: I think the first thing, one of the biggest challenges is that People who are assigned male or female at birth and continue their lives in their assigned gender, they don't, you know, they're not trans, we use the term cisgender, a lot of people have an issue with the term, but it just just comes from the Latin and it means the opposite of transgender. A lot of people don't think this is their fight, they don't know anyone who is trans maybe, or they've never really kind of, you know, had reason to have the language and as such they just think well you know I don't have any problem it's very much a live and let live and broadly speaking people tend to be live and let live there isn't this huge kind of twitter version of the world where everybody hates everybody else that's just Mm -hmm. not true but people just stay out of the conversation altogether they you know keep their head down they frightened of saying the wrong thing they feel that trans people are going to jump down their throat if they say the wrong thing because they might have seen something in the paper or, or seen something on social media that suggests that this is a super toxic area and that you know it's best avoided so the first thing that people can do is to understand that trans people are just people and they're a minority group, and they're currently being hit from all sides with so much negativity and prejudice. And actually, we can all be part of. And um, it sounds super cheesy, but we can all be part of making it a little bit better. Actually, yeah. we can we can do something super proactive here, and make a difference. And that's kind of number one. Number one is understanding that actually you do have a role to play, and you can be part of making a difference and then i think that the second kind of really key point is understanding that say this quite a lot but you can't be inclusive if you're being selective about who you include so you can't be lgb but don't mention the t because if we mention the t then we might get into trouble we might get it wrong either be inclusive or don't be inclusive and then understand how being inclusive of all people aligns with your brand values because if you understand that then any campaign that you put out which aligns with your brand values which all of your campaigns should will resonate they will hark back they'll be built on really solid foundations and therefore there's less scope for people to start picking it apart and saying oh well you shouldn't be standing up for for trans people because you know you're this brand or you're that brand or i don't want you selling my- hang on a second we are inclusive we include all people and if you don't like that joke on.
0: So on a, what about on a completely micro level? If I'm thinking about someone who's listening, who started a business because they love making, I'm always talking about my blue Japanese mugs. If you're watching, <laughs> you will see it. And if you're on uh, if you ever see me on, on any of the socials, the blue Japanese mugs always make an appearance, but if you're a business, a small business and you're making blue Japanese mugs or whatever else you're making, And you're listening to this conversation and you're thinking, okay, I want to be part of the the solution. I want to do the right thing. I am terrified of getting it wrong because there seems to be such hellfire and brimstone rain down upon people who, brands and individuals who get it wrong. What can someone who started the Blue Japanese Mug Business or is a coach or consultant and also has to, in order to grow a business, become good at marketing, which Mm. is A profession that is very difficult. You and I know we've done this for decades and it's even then it's it it presents its challenges. And certainly when we market our own, our own work, right? What can person X in their home office or small studio space or coaching area, what can they proactively do? What are tiny, tiny, tiny things they can do to start to be inclusive?
1: So intention is everything. If you have a positive intention, then that's a brilliant place to start. If you're trying to create havoc, then that will come out in the end. But if you're coming at it from the right place and you're trying to do better, then you know that's a brilliant starting point. I think the easiest way to be supportive of trans and non-binary people is probably to boost their content. So, you know, especially during Pride or there are obviously specific days during the year when we recognise gender diverse people. They're putting out a lot of content, brilliant content, you know, advice on how to be a better ally, advice on why some things might be challenging and why something might be particularly offensive or, you know, what the history is. So the, the first most important thing is to look at other people's content and boost it, you know, share other people's content. If you're not sure where to start because there are too many people, then go online, do some searches. You know, there's brilliant publications like Pink News, for example, and there's another publication called Queer AF. That they're all about championing the voices of LGBTQ journalists and interviewing LGBTQ plus people and hearing the other side of the story. So just add that into your daily mix of news that you receive. You know, follow a few people on social media and kind of just keep an eye On the kinds of conversations, just bring that voice into your consciousness. Eight years ago, I knew nobody who was trans. Never met anybody who was trans or non-binary. And to to be fair, eight years ago, we didn't even have the term in our our sort of day-to-day usage. Non-binary is something that's kind of, we've started to use far more recently. And I'm quite a sort of pragmatic, practical person. I'm kind of, there's a problem, okay, well, how how are we going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. You've got to remember that in marketing and communications... A lot of it is trial and error. You're not going to necessarily do something that works instantly, but you can try lots of things. When I first started, when I was given this amazing opportunity to work for a company that specialised in healthcare in relation to trans and non-binary people, which is how my journey in this space began, I was fortunate that it was a cancel culture didn't even exist, believe it or not. Eight years ago, there wasn't the thing. It it just wasn't a thing, and so the media also wasn't quite as obsessed with the whole notion of trying to push this whole agenda around trans and non-binary people. And so I was able almost to fly under the radar a little bit because I was using all of my communication skills, which I was completely comfortable with in this brand new space. But I was just kind of working it out as I went along and as I brought more trans and non-binary people into the team, because obviously, because I personally, am not trans or non-binary. And so I can have empathy. I can be compassionate and supportive of their journeys, but I can't know what it's like to be trans or non-binary, to have that first-hand experience so you know bringing those voices in learning from them as i kind of continued along and then combining that with what i knew and and sort of you know uh, tweaking and changing along the way and i'm still not always going to get it right but it's about understanding that this is a mindset shift in terms of for these organizations understanding your it's about broadening your perspective and as i said if you can bring a few of these voices into your day-to-day periphery it will start to you know sink in and you will start to become more familiar and you know it will start to feel comfortable and just part of day-to-day life which is the point you know we are talking about a minority group but trans rights are human rights you know we're just living kind of everyone living together and kind of doing their best to put food on the table and have hopefully a job that we don't hate and you know look after our family loved ones we don't Need to be perpetuating this, you know, situation at the minute, which is just causing destruction and division.
0: On an infinitely small level, what trans people that I know and have in the past interviewed, or um, certainly spent a tremendous amount of time over years following and being in touch with, have said is even something as simple as when you're getting on a call, on a Zoom, or like I've done on this recording is to put your pronouns down. Because when you put your pronouns down, it signals, so my pronouns are she, her, and it signals that I have an awareness, and I'm not like virtue signaling here, but it signals that the person has an awareness of the importance of pronouns because miss, Gendering a person, it's not as minor as getting someone's name wrong. And you think about how embarrassed we sometimes get when we call someone by the wrong name and how sometimes you might feel unseen or unimportant if someone calls you by the wrong name when you've been working with them for three months or you've known them as a neighbor for two years and they call you by the wrong name. Misgendering a trans person is a denying of their existence, of of what and who they are.
1: I mean, you're absolutely right. It's a very tricky base in some ways, and it's super easy in other ways. And like you said, from a cis perspective, from a cisgender perspective, just having your pronouns does exactly that. It just, it's nothing to do with you. It's to do with the people you're talking to. It's saying, this is a safe space. This is who I am. Because while a trans woman or a trans man, you might, you know, anybody could be moving around in their gender and you might not even notice that, you know, there's no way of telling that they're whether they're trans or not. But if somebody's non-binary, you might automatically lean towards a male or a female pronoun and obviously that would be wrong. So, saying, you know, I'm Anne, my pronouns are she, her, gives them, and opens the door, gives them the opportunity to say, oh, these are my pronouns, or to put their pronouns up in brackets in a way which doesn't make them stand up and have a massive flag, because they're having to do the education piece as well.
0: And there is the exhaustion of, mm-hmm. as we have seen a lot, if we're paying attention, in the Black community, for instance, around Black Lives Matter, Black content creators and and speakers or business owners or just, you know, run of the mill employee, employed people are feeling such pressure of expectation of non black people to say, well, educate me, tell me what I should know, tell me so in addition to being a parent and having animals they look after and aging parents and a home and a job or a business and maybe some hobbies. And if they're lucky, some friendships in the mix of all of those priorities. On top of that, they're being asked and in some cases being demanded of them. Well, then tell me, educate Mm -hmm. me, tell me what I should do better. Tell me what you want me to do. Well, no, there is an incredible amount of resource around the experience of black people in western cultures there is an incredible amount of material available books podcasts articles videos youtube channels whatever and the same goes for trans and non-binary people or just yeah, but you're
1: forgetting one teeny tiny thing people are inherently lazy you know that's not fair we're busy but you're absolutely right it should not be like it's like my experience why should I be the one to explain to some dude why what they're saying is offensive to me as a woman it's not my job Work it out yourself if you can't even get if you cannot even take the time to understand what it is that's wrong about this situation you know it's like oh my goodness it's just the same so you're absolutely right and one of the things we do at transmission is training we know that in any group of people that we might be talking to within an organisation, there would be a massive disparity in terms of what they know and what they don't know. Often it's more leaning towards the don't know, but you might have somebody in the room who has a trans sibling, for example, who's really well-versed, or maybe even someone who is, gender diverse themselves who just hasn't you know shared that information so we try to create almost a level playing field and kind of come in and say no one is expecting you to know everything from the off that's what this session's about you know and our, and we deliver it usually it's there's a trans person and a non-trans person in that environment and we deliver it together to create a sort of almost a safe space and kind of say you know it's all right you can ask questions within reason <laughs> but at the same time i think the fear of getting it wrong often creates a massive barrier for people one way of breaking down that barrier is by saying you know you, you can ask questions it's fine this is what it means this is why there's an issue from a legal perspective when you discriminate against somebody who is trans this is what it means to you as an organization you know this is why your employees have to be aware this is why it
0: matters one of the things that transgender friend of mine has said is that it's really important and we're talking now as a on a basic human level not even as a business owner or someone who is the spokesperson for a brand when you make a mistake just say if you mispronoun someone and say she to someone who's gender non-binary or she to someone who has transitioned to a male gender identity and if you say the wrong pronoun instead of oh god I'm so sorry I and to go off on a big tirade what happens then is that the the person who's doing all the apologizing is asking the trans person who has just been misidentified to then make them feel better about what they've done wrong. Whereas you could just say, oh yeah, sorry. And then use the right pronoun and carry on. Just yeah. keep on trucking because it's something that is exhausting yeah. to be on the other end of, as I understand, to constantly have to, no, it's okay, don't worry, it happens all the time. Yeah, You'll get it eventually. Right. To de- you're, you're asking, you're requiring the the person who is in this minority population to make you feel better when you made a mistake that doesn't cost anyone's. In that instance, isn't costing someone their life, but taken to its great extreme, when there is denial of something that is simply there. It is trans people mm-hmm. are people. Period. And when we as individual humans treat them that way and begin to integrate that into our brands, it's super simple. You will, as you've said, you will get it wrong. Okay, your business won't sink. People won't, maybe some people will unfollow you. Okay, maybe some people will unfollow you because you are including trans and gender non-binary people. Okay, do you want those people following you, is the question. It there, there really is, it can really be so simple.
1: That's one of the things that's been a real focus over this Pride Month so far. There have been a lot of campaigns around, we've seen a lot of brands put out a communication and then very quickly take it down because they've had a backlash. And in response to that, the community is turning around and saying, Enough, enough with this pink washing, enough with this kind of lip service that you are supportive of our community, and then. You have somebody say, Oh, actually, you shouldn't be supportive, and you're like, Oh yeah, quickly backtrack, backtrack. And this is it's super refreshing because this is what we need. We need more voices to stand together and to say, No, if you're gonna be supportive, if you're gonna be inclusive, be inclusive. Stop you're gonna get backlash. That is just a, it's just the way at the minute there's a certain there's a small vocal minority who look for these opportunities and then they kick off. That's that's the sort of um, pattern. And if you look at some of the recent campaigns that have been through this process, there's a real sort of formula that you can follow. So from my perspective, I just think, why aren't brands learning? There was a major fashion brand who did a campaign called Love is Love for Valentine's Day and they included a trans um, model and the trans model was with their partner and it was just part of the photo shoot and they had sort of various images they had shown images of the individual's top surgery scars so that they were visibly trans because that's kind of what they're trying to do. They're showing, oh look, we're inclusive, there's a trans person, just so there's no question mark, you will look, see we'll the show scars. You their intimate yeah. scars. So, yeah, nice. That's a whole different issue in terms of, you know there was a backlash and they took the photo down. They left all the other photos in the campaign, but they took that one photo down. They didn't give the model any support because I was in communication with the model at the time the model's agent and the model got a load of backlash as well so it wasn't just the brand everyone piled on the model and the model was left kind of completely stranded the brand did not put out any statement to say that they stood by their decision to have this model included they just took down the photo and then they were like nothing to see here <laughs> and that's not the only brand that's done that you know we've seen it. uh there's a drinks brand who've done similar they sent out a image some of their cans they had dylan mulvaney on their cans dylan mulvaney is a trans woman who is a big influencer on tiktok she's also uh, an actress and she's an activist and she's gorgeous but <laughs> she yeah this drinks brand sent her as kind of a a marketing tool they weren't putting the cans on sale but they sent her these cans saying oh congratulations it's been i think they were marking a year of her transition because she's been very sort of vocal and and open about her experiences, sort of chatting every day of her transition. People lost it. There were, I think it was Kid Rock, the musician who musician the pop star who filmed himself gunning down the cans with her picture on, and just absolutely oh, hideous. And it led to all of the far right, hugely vocal individuals kicking off and saying, "I don't want my." drinks brand associated i mean come on people the brand said nothing waited probably i don't know how quickly they turned it around but like 10 days two weeks they finally came out and made some half-hearted comment about you know this was an
0: internal campaign we <sighs> totally pointless. wow not we're fully supportive of great content right. creators what's distressing is that
1: we've lost the humanity mm-hmm It's like there's so much culture wars at play and there's so much kind of propaganda and just nonsense, just utter nonsense. There's all these bills being introduced in the US which are trying to curtail trans rights and rights to access care for trans youth. And you know, yesterday one of the judges in florida blocked one of the bills and basically said you're trying to politicize something which is a medical issue and this is Mm -hmm. the point trans people are just people and they you know they're being used as to create division and it's just as soon as companies and brands realize that they can only win brands who stand by minority groups who are being targeted who, who are being persecuted and who are being used as pawns they can only when because that's only gonna last for so long people get bored of kicking the trans person and then it'd be like right who's next you know it's a bit like issues with gays and lesbians back in the 80s and how they were kind of massively targeted not that they're not targeted now but yeah. there's sort of you know one of my friends she runs a brilliant charity called not a face she brings it in one of her presentations she kind of shows the headlines from the 80s and then she kind of compares them with the headlines for now and it's just replacing the target of the piece from
0: gay guys to um, trans people. Same shit, different pile, as it were. We've talked about these companies that are doing it wrong. So we're talking about big brands, drinks brands, big fashion brand. What could they have done instead that would have been better? And if we take that down to a level of anyone who is listening, who has a brand that is perhaps not a global fashion brand and not an immensely easily recognized drinks brand, what can we learn from what those companies did and shouldn't have? What could they have done instead?
1: I would have said to them, firstly, I would have said you should have brought me in earlier because we need to make sure that this is kind of fully thought through. Why are you doing this? Why are you bringing trans people or non binary people into your campaign? What is it you are trying to say? Oh, we, we just want to appeal to that audience. Wrong. Also, <laughs> is
0: it just for one hot second because you think it's a sexy topic right now?
1: It's about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what it's about. And trans people are part of that mix. So, how does that then reflect on your brand? How does that play into your values? Think it through strategically and just make sure that you plan for the fallout, there will be backlash, assume there will be backlash, okay, well what sort of questions might we might we get asked, how might we respond to that, is there an element of our campaign which actually supports this community in a very literal way, if not, why not, let's have a charity that we partner with so that they get some sort of tangible you know, benefit from us doing this. Put some statements in place, but most importantly, understand why, why you are doing this. And if the reason you're doing it isn't quite right, keep inter- interrogating that until you come to a point where the whole room is in alignment. Everybody, you know, the organization understands why it's important and that it needs
0: to follow through. Assuming they did not bring you in and have these conversations before and they have this beautiful trans model included in their campaign, they decide to do the unthinkable and show their scars to whatever, make a point. It feels incredibly vulnerable to me, but I in part, because I know from the trans people that I knew who have had top surgery, that that step of going from always having a top on, which they would have done when they were in a body that was identified as female to feeling the freedom and safety to take their top off in a swimming pool where other people will see them on holiday at the beach and not fear what is unfortunately very likely to come, which is comments about the surgery or comments about them. So, so the brand has done the thing. They've shared this photo. I'm hopeful that the model agreed. Otherwise that's even more horrific. There's backlash. What could they have done instead of pulling down the photo and being completely quiet?
1: It's multifaceted. There are so many different elements to it. You're right. Top surgery means so much on so many different levels to somebody who has been living in a, a body that did not align with who they were, you know. And yeah. so, for some people, the, the scars are are really important because they're a a metamorphosis almost. They are yeah. a a symbol, a kind of you know demonstration of of what they've been through. If the brand doesn't understand that, if it doesn't have these conversations and it doesn't understand how it is multifaceted then it's totally clueless isn't it it's going into this situation dropping a bomb and then kind of walking away you can't and it's just it, it, we've evolved we have moved on from that point where we are just kind of literally moving around in the dark kind of checking a trans person out front and saying oh look we're inclusive you know we have to be a little bit more intelligent about these things. We have to understand, okay, well, if we put somebody out there and we show their scars, which they are happy to do, and in fact, they have said, why not show my scars? Because I am super proud of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. What might the backlash be? Talk to that individual. Talk to organisations like ours, like Not A Phase, who um, have got incredible experience, who work with brands like Nike, Talk to them about kind of what these implications can be, and and how to navigate them. How to kind of confidently put that model out. Nobody should be putting a trans person front and center and then hiding under the covers, waiting for the backlash. They should be proudly saying, "Look, we're inclusive, and you can throw whatever you want at us, but quite frankly, we don't want your business. If you're that you know, if you if you're not inclusive, why would we want?" bigoted people buying from us and that's what it's about and gen x our younger generations we've had we've got more gender diversity or let's say visible gender diversity than we have ever had before in all of our history these younger kids they just are far more um open and understanding they just have a different relationship with the whole concept of gender and sexuality and if we do not recognize that acknowledge it then we're going to get left behind if we don't listen if we don't try at least to understand if you know if we have these really rigid rules that in in our own minds this is the way it is and therefore it's the only way and everything that everybody else is saying is wrong well how's that working out for you Has that worked out for people historically each generation kind of moves on and has its own ideas and the one before always says oh no We don't like that newfangled
0: stuff. Well, eventually they'll come around because they won't have any choice. Some time ago, you and I had a conversation about your role in this beautiful puzzle of being at the same time an ally and being someone who is an advisor in an area which isn't actually one that is born of your direct experience. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like? Because people are so afraid to make mistakes, right? And we've talked about big brands and huge mistake. The result of this conversation may be that someone who's listening is more afraid to take a wrong step. But I would say that the odds of there being backlash to you, including the word transgendered or the word non-binary, Or to simply including your pronouns in the work that you do. You can do it on social media platforms now. You have the option of doing that. It's super simple. It takes five seconds and it is not virtue signaling. It's specifically saying, hey, this is a safe space. Hey, I know that pronouns are important. The fear that may be felt as we listen to these stories of huge brands getting it dramatically wrong on a global stage is that's not really that relevant to people who have really small businesses. But I'd be really interested if you can share with us a little bit what your experience has been of being an ally, of founding a PR agency, the first of its kind in the UK, Transmission PR specifically existing to highlight the work and promote people who are transgender and non-binary in the communications and PR fields, and advising on, as I said, something that isn't your experience. How have you navigated that from, you know, eight years ago, flying under the radar, maybe making some mistakes and learning the hard way to now being the face of this agency and the person who draws in this wonderful talent of transgender and non-binary people. You're a conduit for learning and for showcasing people from a community that might not otherwise have that showcasing. How do you navigate that?
1: The first thing I did was to create a network of trans and non-binary people. As part of my team, probably 95% are trans and non-binary and they are communications professionals who very much lend their expertise. It's almost like their sort of gender diversity in this instance is their super, superpower because they can come in and they can be asked for their expertise, for their first-hand experience. So there's that side of things because it's not about me. It's about changing the narrative. So there's that. There's also the fact that I'm speaking to allies predominantly. I'm not speaking to trans people and I think there's something really powerful in having an ally as the mouthpiece together with trans people standing alongside trans people saying stop othering this group this group of people are just kind of we just need to give them a space we need to give them a platform and listen to what they have to say I'd like to hope that that's useful I think sometimes it can be easier to invite in someone who doesn't have the experience to talk about it because it's less emotive you know I think sometimes people can feel a little bit afraid that they're going to get it wrong again in front of the expert and be squashed for it most importantly I genuinely believe that corporates have a massive role to play in changing this narrative and I think that together with as a kind of collective both trans and non-binary people and allies standing together I think that's how we make a difference you know ultimately we're talking about as I said before one percent of the population versus 99 percent of the population yeah. and so it's like you know when people say things like oh trans women are trying to cancel people who are cisgender women it's just like well how is that physically possible because we're talking about the teeniest tiniest minority group you know and the it's just we need to be more supportive we need to understand more we need to kind of open the door bring trans people in and work side by side and myth bust all of this as I said rubbish that's been pumped out in a bid to kind of suit certain agendas and and just focus on what really matters and that's kind of moving past the fact that some of us are a bit different (laughs) to the genuine problems that exist in the world like the fact that people can't afford to to eat (laughs) and you know everything that's happening in ukraine and everything that's happening with the environment it's just a distraction and it's frustrating but it is surmountable you know it really is this is kind of i understand that people are nervous i understand that you know the, the companies that you talk about i was on a call the other day with a group of agency owners who are all women And they said exactly that. Well, you know, I'm an agency owner. It's pride. I feel like I should be doing something, but I don't want it to come across as disingenuous because normally during the year, I wouldn't say anything to do with LGBTQ plus people. So should I do anything? And if I do do something, what should I do? And I just said, well, if you think it's important to you because you believe in equality and inclusion, then absolutely do something. If you feel it seems disingenuous for you to just suddenly write a blog about it because you have no relevance, it's not relevant to your organisation, boost other people's content. Consider inviting a trans person to write a blog for you and pay them for it. Or maybe empower yourself by doing a little bit of extra work. Maybe that's the commitment you make during that month. And I know I'm talking about pride and it's not. It's a year-long thing, but maybe pride is the entry point to you if you've never been here before. Maybe it just gives you the... Extra initiative or the you know, the reason to kind of do it. Maybe during that month you swap your monthly charity donation to a um an LGBT or a trans and binary charity. Maybe you sort of put some money into a crowdfunder to help somebody who might be trying to have top surgery. There's plenty of teeny tiny things you can do, and maybe have a conversation with your team. I quite like to put my pronouns in my bio. It's not obligatory but if you would like to do it this is what it means you know even having that conversation with your small group of people is a step
0: forward. Abby you have been very generous with your time and with sharing the knowledge that you have and you've been acquiring and continue to acquire with your great team at Transmission PR and all the clients that you work with do you have any content creators that you could point us to where if someone is listening and maybe doesn't have trans and non-binary people in their immediate world would like to learn a little bit, who can they follow? There's so many. (laughs) Um, There's
1: Max Siegel, follow the non-binary parent, Marley. They're brilliant.
0: Ben Pesci, Danny St. James. I have one that I can add. Nick North is a transgender dad with five kids living on Salt Spring Island off the west coast of Canada. Watching him and his wife, Catherine, and their family go from a super conservative, community in Alberta to decide to up sticks and make this very scary move to a house they bought online because they couldn't see it because COVID and arriving at this house and noticing, realizing that it needed all this work and and just watching their family live a normal family life. Mm -hmm. And Nick has had top surgery and is talking about that and they made a beautiful documentary called Just Another Beautiful Family. I'll link to that because I suddenly have a niggle that that might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And it's a very beautiful documentary that takes you through Nick's telling his wife that he wanted to transition, deciding to have the and then the next level is having the top surgery and then the Mm -hmm. next level, right? It's a lot of really challenging massive life decisions that have gotten him and his wife and their kids to this incredible life that they live but it hasn't been easy and so he does a lot of sharing but just a really beautiful everyday person Mm. living his everyday life and that's that's funny isn't it you
1: realize kind of how much of a nonsense all of the negative stuff is when you tap into the reality of it there's um I there's a podcast that I always give a plug to which I really love which is called how to be a girl and that's a story of a trans kid and her mum and they just tell the story of their day-to-day life and what it's like when your kid just doesn't conform to the gender that they're assigned at birth and it's just so Beautifully done and so inspiring and you kind of, I think it's really important that these creators enter the mainstream because it's not, this stuff isn't sort of niche.
0: Main message, educate, follow, get curious, be open, lift transgender and non-binary creators up, share the beautiful creations that they make, be it Japanese mugs or macrame or bespoke shoes or consultancy or coaching or books that are written, all of the things. The takeaway for me is if you can do one simple thing, it is that. Open your eyes, open your heart, be curious, and learn as you enjoy the beautiful creations that transgender and non-binary people put out into the world. It will make your life so much richer. And it will will make them less alone. It will make them less alone and it will make you more comfortable and less afraid to get it wrong when you Mm -hmm. finally do one day decide to reach out and say, Hey, I've been following you for six months. Would you hop on an Instagram live with me? Because I'd really love to talk about your work making saddles or Mm -hmm. being a stationary guru or whatever the thing is, right? Mm -hmm. Thanks for your time, Abby. Thanks for
1: having me.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Brand Up Podcast your hub for all things brain, voice, and brand. Want to dive deeper into the fascinating world of brand voice? Let's connect on socials at I am Anne Ferguson. You can also visit me on my website. The link to that is in the show notes. If you liked what you heard, please leave me a review so this podcast can reach more bright business founders just like you. And share it with other wonderful minds, neurodiverse or otherwise. Remember, this is your chance to brand up because it's your brain, your voice, and your brand, after all. I'm Andy Ferguson, saying, speak soon.